Hidden Grid, The Six World Chronicles, Episode 33, Free Room. Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Hidden Grid, Six World Chronicles. So gang, we have had a lot of fun bringing you the first season as our adventurers, you know, go out there, explore some classic modules, explore some unique stuff, and uh, almost get themselves and their loved ones all killed. Isn't that great? It is for me, but I'm a game master, what do you expect? So, we start off season 2 a little light, kind of. A little bit of a free roaming episode, see what our gang wants to do after, well, having, as I said before, everything they cared and loved for uh, challenged and threatened. How will they fare after the terror and fear that Numitor has put into their lives and, well, made them vulnerable? We'll see. But for now, I hope you enjoy the beginning of Season 2, and we have a lot of fun planned for you. Well, I have a lot of fun planned for you. The players, I don't think they're going to think it that's fun, or at least their characters won't. And well, maybe the players will enjoy it. We'll see. Anyway, I'm rambling. You guys enjoy, and see you on the other side. Mr. Gray. That's my name. You wake up. You hear the sound of the breeze over the uh, nearby trees. You hear the sound of people uh, talking, chattering. You hear the sound of children playing. In the distance, you hear the uh, rumble of a jeep or some other Land Rover vehicle. And you feel a sense of peace kind of overwhelming you. You open your eyes, and you're back home, the home you remember from so long ago. It's built of a combination of, you know, previous kind of simple building techniques by hand, mixed with a few modern, you know, kind of supplies, a few magical tricks here and there, too. Mm -hmm. But it's the home you know, almost identical to the home you grew up in. That's why you had it built this way. You climb out of bed, and you look around, seeing the open window and the kind of open fields of your African home. It feels good right now. What do you do? Well, I'm dead, so... Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take a look around uh, the room I'm in. Uh, mm -hmm. for like pictures, uh, a, a tread screen, anything like that. Sure, sure. Well, you actually have kept a little bit of technology out of the room since you, uh, moved into this place, but there's a couple old kind of classic photographs here. Uh, you look and you see pictures of you and Freya at the, some of the bigger cities nearby, uh, some of the pictures of your tribe and, you know, those who have followed you, you know, there's, uh, 
blade on the side of the wall, uh, kind of adorned there as decoration. It's uh, kind of this strange, not metal, but almost like it's made out of a tooth, this blade that's kind of hanging there. Okay. Um, I'm going to, you know, kind of like lightly touch the blade to see if it's resonating or anything. It feels of power. It You kind of remember the adornment you did on it, making it a powerful foci, making it a part of you. You know, you keep it here, you keep it safe, no one can steal it because of the magic around it. Only you can touch this blade, you and your ally. Alright. Um, I... You hear a voice from the, uh, the other room. Shango, are you awake? I had a character, my first response is Stunball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in character, uh, yeah, I'm awake. Well, come on, get in here. Is it? I'm sleeping in all day. You recognize the voice of Freya. All right. Um, so is it coming from another room, the voice? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, I will cross over into the other room. Okay. So you step into the other room, and what at first, as you look through the doorway, it looks like kind of a common room to your house kind of shifts and morphs, and a moment later, it's almost like a great hall. It's large and kind of oversized, large enough to contain, like, a large number of people. I said large too many times there, but I don't care. Um, So, as you look over the area, there is a vast number of people here, various members of your tribes, but as you, you kind of realize, though, that some of them don't quite look right. You're kind of looking again, and they're Wat- Watanabe, but well, that one looks surprisingly a lot like Mr. Black, and that one over there is wearing a mask, that the one that other weird elf wears. You know, and there's that other one from that, you know, a night a week ago when those uh, guys tried to kidnap all of you. You know, these people, they are part of your tribe, but they shouldn't be the same meta-type as you. So, at this point, Ente. James is in a great hall. He's surrounded by people who are the same meta-variant as Mr. Gray, Watanabe, right? Only you look down at your hands and you kind of realize you're the same. And you're standing in this great hall, which a kind kind of mix between modern, magical, and classic building techniques. And you actually see uh, Mr. Gray coming into the room. He's wearing well. He's definitely not wearing what you're used to seeing him wearing. It's not the normal uh, simple gray suit, but more kind of a, a highly elaborate version of what you see everybody else wearing. Kind of ceremonial, kind of you know outfit and robes and mix between magical garments and, you know, handmade tools. Okay. What do you want to do? Uh, uh, I'm going to say taking a little aback at what he's seeing, uh, 
is going to say, Mr. Gray, what's going on? Okay, well, Gray, you do see uh, James kind of coming up to you, kind of, at least what you could see through his mask, which isn't kind of the normal technical, you know, advanced made mask of modern materials, but actually hand-carved. You could see his eyes and look of surprise in his face. I have no idea what's going on. Um, perhaps, perhaps we were celebrating and we got a little too excited. I have no idea. Shango, this way, a voice says to you from the middle of the crowd. Uh, and the two of you turn, you see Freya coming out. Only she's not the Freya you remember seeing, James. He's also Wananabe. The people want to hear their leader, she says. I'm sorry, what? Come, today's the day of festivity. They want to hear their leader, and they want to hear him proclaim the birth of his child. Are you talking to James here? No, that's uh, that's Freya talking to you. No, yeah, that that that's oh, what yeah, my yeah. character is saying. Okay, right. She kind of chuckles. No, Shango. Well, you don't... Well, okay, what... Where were we yesterday? We weren't here, certainly. Of course we were. We only came back from the hospital a few days ago. She smiles at you, beaming. I see. Alright, uh, uh, where do I need to go? This way, follow me. She smiles and starts heading back into the crowd. All right. Uh, Mr. Gray is going to reach over and grab James's arm and pull him with him. God damn nice. it. Please don't bring me into your death trap. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, cat. Uh-huh. So you're outside. The meeting hall behind you is full of friendly voices. Uh, but you're there with the other guards trying to keep an eye on things. It's kind of weird. Just, you don't know how you're here or what's going on, but you're as tall as everybody else here, and, well, you're not holding your normal guns. Instead, you're holding uh, several large kind of machete-like swords, but they feel natural to you. Like, these are what you've trained to use your entire life. What the hell? Is this some kind of dream? The uh, guard next to you kind of chuckles. What are you talking about? He, is he dressed in the same stuff as that I am? Yeah, you're both dressed in kind of a... It's kind of a mix between handmade kind of Kevlar uh, with kind of runes inscribed on it here and there. Kind of more kind of Afrikaans kind of runes. Nothing you've studied before. Doesn't feel right. Make a perception check for me. Okay. I always forget what I got. Okay, perception. Mm-hmm. I get eight dice. Uh, four successes. Okay. Uh, as you're looking at the other guard, you realize that he's a Watanabe version of that ganger that, uh, Gray mind probed. But 
he that guy one was not an elf two was not this type of meta variant the guy in the bar or the guy that got dragged back to the bar the guy who got dragged back to the bar okay Make me another perception check, just cause. Okay, great. Okay, another eight dice. In fact, uh, Andrew and Tay, you guys can make me one too, but minus four for both of you. What am I? Because of the crowd. Okay, I'm. Perception. Uh, well, minus four. Another this... another four. Nice. <laughs> one success on the one die. Nice. Let's go Freaking for four dice. Four. <laughs> uh, one. Nice. Okay. Uh, so the people inside don't really hear much. Uh, but Jacob, you start hearing the sound of um, several vehicles approaching rapidly. Uh, very loud, kind of, based on your four successes, you kind of surmise. Uh, they sound like heavily laden, like all-terrain kind of, uh, like jeeps. Mm. Okay, uh, I'm going to look for a place to hide. Uh, okay, well there's a couple houses around. Uh, you're kind of in the heart of the village from what you remember. Uh, you're just kind of, you know, next to the you know, kind of large, you know, town hall going on here. Okay. Um, is there any is there any vantage points? Uh, in terms of what, like like a like a tower or something like that. Maybe a uh, tall just, a tall building. Well, really, just this town hall, and that's about it. It's the tallest building in uh in the area. Most of the other buildings aren't as uh heavily constructed. Most of the type of things that you know just. A couple people could put together in a few weeks or a few months. This one actually would requ- require some built, uh, machinery to make. Okay, never mind. Uh, instead, I'm going to turn to the guy that okay. they got mine probe before. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Do you know what that noise is? I don't know. I haven't seen anything. Do you want to go check it out? All right. I guess so. Okay. So the two of you run off. Uh, so Andrew. Your uh, Gray is dragging James up. Uh, the two of you follow Freya uh, up to a kind of podium that kind of sits in the middle of the Great Hall. It's designed in such a way that, you know, you don't really stand at the podium to talk to people, but you kind of walk back and forth turning to, uh, to people to communicate. Uh, sitting in the middle of the podium is what appears to be a crib uh, with a single uh, naga actually coiled around the bottom of it. The Naga watch you with very sharp eyes as you approach. Huh. Alright, uh, James, do you have any idea what's going on right now? Not a clue. Hate you so much right now, Entei. (laughs) 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 Um, I will turn to Freya, um, how long have we been here at this compound? What are you talking about? This is where you grew up. This is where you've always been. Uh, Justin, looking out, do I recognize any of the people in the crowd as like childhood memory faces? Oh, yeah. Yeah, these are all the people from your childhood. Uh, people you grow up, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, any direct relatives you have, they're all here. Mm-hmm. You know, every single person you grew up in your tribe is here. But now that you look at it, though, there's, there's so many other faces that don't fit. You know, there's there's that god-awful troll. There's <laughs> Is that L? That's L as a young Watanabe. 
That's... Well, there's Kiko. There's... There's that ganger you mind-probed. This there's... is not right, James. Well, I could have told you that. I mean, look at me. As he holds up his hand in front of Mr. Gray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're far more attractive than you were before. But that's not it. <sighs> what is this? Um, I will try for a moment to uh, activate my second sight. Okay. Uh, does anything weird happen? No, actually, things look pretty much identical. In fact, actually, now that you think about it, it is kind of weird because it, it doesn't really look like the Astro when you're looking. It just looks like the normal world. You you could see auras, but other than that, it doesn't change. This is not right. I've, what is this? Uh, uh, Freya? So, <laughs> yeah, she turns to you as she uh, has a foot up on the stage. Uh, the kind of stage, and it's kind of offering to help lift you up. Yes, Shango? Nothing. James, keep an eye out. Will do. Alright, so you jump up on stage. Yeah, gonna get assassinated. Mm-hmm. Come see your boy, she says, smiling. My child? She nods. Of course. She kind of gives you a suggestive wink. Alright, I will go look at my child. Okay. Uh, as you look into the crib, you see kind of a young uh, Wananabe in there, only every time you try to get a look at the face, the kind of face just kind of blurs, distorts. And you kind of hear a voice coming from uh, underneath the crib. Lovely, isn't he? What? What is this? Do you look? <laughs> yeah, I'll look. Okay. It's the uh, Naga looking up at you. Um. I think so. You see for what it is? It says, staring at you unblinking. Are you... Who are you? Mindleash, they call me. We have not met. You're responsible for all this? No. You are. Why... Why am I here, and why are you here? Once your magic touched one related to me, now your magic calls out for something. All those whose magic you have touched with your magic exist here in shadow. With that, Catherine outside... You and the ganger are uh, kind of running up the hill there uh, to get a look at what the noise is. As you get to the top of the hill, you see about five uh, kind of uh, SUVs kind of built for this type of terrain uh, barreling down on this uh, town. 
so much so that they're pretty much right on top of you um, the moment you crest the hill. Oh. Uh, they drive past you into the town itself, uh, and immediately you hear that everyone hears the sound of gunfire. What do you do? Shit. Um, I guess run back there. Okay, you start charging back there. Uh, as you get uh, back to, to the ta- uh, kind of town hall, you see that about nine, no, sorry, that's ten figures have gotten out and have started opening fire on the town. Uh, these figures immediately you recognize as kind of mercenaries, only something strange about them. They're, their skin tone is kind of this bluish kind of uh, spectrum. In fact, make me a perception check. Oh, boy. I know, I keep making you roll the dice. <laughs> okay, eight dice again. Let's see what it goes to. Not a one. No Not a one? Okay, well, you can't really get a good look at them as they're kind of, uh, you know, opening fire on the town. So you're going to go try to attack them? Um... I kind of want to just see what's happening. I don't. I don't have any context. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, back inside, uh, Mr. Gray and James, you hear the sound of gunfire outside. Uh, Mr. Gray, I need you to make a composure check. Oh shit. Uh, what's composure? If I remember off the top of my head, I believe it's willpower, charisma. But let me double check. Power and charisma. Grab some dice, because I know what the fuck this is. Do you? I think mm. I figured it out as well, but... Mm. But of course I figured that out of character, not in character. Yeah, yeah charisma yeah. plus willpower. Charisma plus willpower, alright. Yep. One... Oh, jeez. Alright, one success. One success, that's not enough. Uh, you are momentarily stricken by panic uh, as the gunfire you hear, the exact pattern of it, the exact spatter of it, the exact sound of it mixed with the sounds of the screaming with it are identical to the sounds from years ago. God damn it. This is happening once more. God damn it. What do you want to do? Well, I'm stricken, right? You're stricken, but what do you want to do? Uh... I am going to tell uh, Freya to grab uh, Freya, grab our child and run. No, I can't leave you. Freya, go. She kind of gives you a look of extreme worry and uh, concern, and reaches down and grabs your child and uh, embraces him and starts to uh, head towards kind of the back of the uh, town hall. James, go with her. Will do. Um, as he as he says that, he pull. Well, actually, I should say, does he have his knives on him at all? Well, see, that's the thing. You pull your knives, but they're not the kind of you know smooth, polished kind of you know machine created uh, knives you're used to. These look like the type of knives someone has spent hours on, that you have spent hours on, carving by hand and m- working by hand to make these. These are your knives, your true knives. Do they happen to have any enchants on them at all? Oh, yes. 
Okay. You, f- you feel it in them. You can kind of feel it. In fact, these are actually don't actually have enchants on them in terms of alchemy enchantments. You realize these are power foci, or rather weapon foci. Okay. Right, I'm still gonna like ready them as I like, mm-hmm. kind of you know, work to protect Freya and follow Freya. Yes. Cool. You see, you start to follow Freya out. Uh, meanwhile, the Naga is still staring at you, uh, Gray. What? Why? Why am I seeing this? What's happening? You bring this upon yourself. Mindless says. End this. Only you can. This is a vision you seek to see. Your spirit calls out to it. Damn it. I see in you that you attempt to run from it. That you think it has been resolved. It is far from. They're all dead. I killed them all. And almost as if on cue, you hear the shouting of the uh, mercenaries outside as they're uh, ordering each other back and forth, pointing out targets. God damn it. Um, And then uh, Grey will start to try to run to get his powerful guy. Okay. Cool, you're doing that? Cat. So, yeah, these uh, these mercenaries are, are definitely just they're destroying things. They're they're killing so many of your people. And I do I feel some sort of attachment to these people? Yes, these are your people. This is your tribe. These are your people that they are murdering. Fuck. I'm I'm going to I'm going to start going to town some of these motherfuckers. Okay. Cool. You start charging up one. You immediately impale him right away on your machete. Just feeling it the same way you would hold a gun, you hold these. But as you impale the, uh, the mercenary, he looks at you and grins. Make me a composure check. Oh, what is this? Charisma plus willpower. Charisma. Willpower. Okay, so six dice. Mm-hmm. Uh, one success. Okay, yeah, you kind of get fucked up from this, too. Uh, so the face you see is that of an uh, elven lord. He just, he, he it looks so strange seeing him in mercenary garb, because every time you remember seeing him, he was always in, you know, high, fanciful, high fashion stuff. Seeing him like this, seeing him impaled on your swords, but this, the wounds seeming not to affect him, the wounds seeming to almost make him invulnerable to you. He laughs as he yanks your swords out and casts them aside and reaches forward and grabs you by your collar. Not today, he screams to you and starts to drag you towards a nearby building. You motherfucker! Okay, starting to fight back against him? Yes. Roll me a willpower check. Straight willpower. No successes. He laughs dragging you as if nothing matters. Okay, meanwhile, back inside. Ente. Yes. Okay, so you're following behind Freya. Mm-hmm. She's holding uh, Gray's son, and it's so weird you see that, because you're certain you know Gray does not have children, but you also know that this is Gray's son, absolutely his son. You feel a sense of kinship and bonding with him, 
you know, as this is not just a friend's child, but your tribe mate's child. You know, uh, Freya and you start heading towards the back, looking for an opportunity to escape from the back door. Mm-hmm. But almost immediately, uh, as you guys start to break for it, uh, two mercenaries uh, start hounding after you. What do you do? Um, I'm as Freya's, you know, running to go. I'm going to tell Freya to run, and I'm going to go after them. Okay. All right. You immediately tackle one of them. Uh, and start sh- uh, stabbing at him with your knife, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, he starts parrying your blows back and forth until finally he uh, pulls back, holds your knife, but then reaches underneath your chin and yanks off your mask. Do a composure check for me. Oh, nice. What? Okay, I'm calling hacks on your part. I got one success. <laughs> oh, I'm calling hacks. Okay, cool. As he rips off your mask, you feel your entire face burn and boil. The sense of skin raw as uh, just your blood pouring directly from your face. You immediately drop your knives and put your hands up to your cheeks and feel the raw flesh. You reach for features, but you have no nose, no mouth, no eyes. You still see, but there's nothing there, just a blankness, just a bloody emptiness without your mask. The mercenary laughs, calling you unworthy, saying that this is his prize, and he will take it, and take her. But you can't do anything about it. You crumple to the ground, holding your face, wishing it was back. Gray. What you doing? God damn it. Um, I'm trying to get to, to my sword. Okay. To my blade. All right, cool. You run into the back room, try to get back to where you at least remember it being uh, this, where you were sleeping. But as soon as you step in there, there's already a figure in the room. This figure, though, it doesn't look like the mercenaries you remember. It doesn't look like any of those figures you remember. It's it's this kind of Romanesque figure made of stone and living rock. He turns as you come in, holding his your dagger in, in your hand, smiling. His the eyes, uh, his blue glowing eyes, laughing at you. I told you, Gray, you would never cross me again. Umator? The very same. Not once, not twice. No, this moment, this is the moment you will regret forever. How are you doing this? Again, you hear the voice from behind you. He is not. He is a shadow of you. Uh, Alright, so I'm going to spend an edge mm-hmm. uh, to essentially try to do a power stunt, Justin. Okay, what are you going to um, do? I would like... Uh, to I, I don't even know if I have to actually spend an edge to do this to reach out to my own foci and mm-hmm. cast shatter through it. Awesome, roll willpower. You can add your edge dice to it. Awesome sauce, willpower, and edge. Be careful, Andrew. He's rigged the dice. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bastard. 
He drove all the way over there and cooked some of your dice. Oh my god. Alright, so four successes. And do nice. sixes explode? Yes. Oh, come on. Nope. Nope. Okay. So it's four successes. Still, so, it's pretty good. So Numitor holding the knife kind of just starts to cringe, his hands tightening. Suddenly, what was once uh, blue stone starts to boil and crack. His hand starts to disintegrate, the knife floating in air. No, I won't have you beat me again, he screams. Well, you've made a mistake. You think that I'm weak here? This is where I'm strongest. And I am going to try to oversummon. Mm-hmm. Can I oversummon? Mm, yes, it's just a, you know, the whole force rating is oh, uh, over your magic rating. It counts as oversummoning. Yep, fuck that noise. I'm summoning a force eight spirit. Cool, roll your willpower. Just willpower. Just willpower. And add plus six to it. Add plus six to it. Because I think you know where you are. Yep. Because fuck that noise. One, two... Alright, so... Ugh, three successes. Three successes? Good enough. So, the spirit summons in the sounds of a large kind of hawk screaming. You kind of hold your arms out, and from the center of your chest flies out uh, your Merlin hawk, infused with your energy and the energy of your ally. It charges forward, diving into the body of Numitor, and just rips a hole straight through him. Uh, stone, glass, and just debris flies out of him as his body shatters in two. The knife falls down, landing in the clattery of the debris left of him. I should have done this back then. And uh, I'm going to try to go astral. Okay. Um, and basically, what I'm going to attempt to start doing is go astral and just like slinging spells all over the fucking place. Okay, cool. That is my intention. Awesome. So you basically start to kind of focus yourself, and instead of going astral, your body changes from the kind of tribal dress you wear, but to your true self, your persona self that you're used to being in the astral only you're still in the physical world you find yourself able to fly and float and move through walls and you start moving back and forth looking for those uh, who attack your prey seeing the similar uh, faces of those who you killed who killed your people stopping them from murdering those they murdered long ago you move back and forth only roll composer check for me god damn it if you're about to do what I think you're about to do, I'm going to kill you. You're like, probably going to kill me. Like, I'm going to fly down there, and I'm Just going to kill you. Fast, like everybody else. Uh, one, two, three successes. Nice. Only as you pass by the body and remains of James, the body and burled remains of Cat, you find the last uh, couple of mercenaries all around Freya, and the body of your child. You scream in rage, your hands glowing with the anger of the spells you prepare. 
and once again have vengeance upon them, destroying them. And then you gasp for breath. It's nighttime. You hear the sounds of Seattle outside your window. Underneath your arm, Freya's there holding you asleep. You see uh, Kiko across from you, sitting in the sofa while you and uh, Freya are on the love seat in your apartment. It's the middle of the night and the beginning of the uh, first week of April. And that was a hell of a dream. I'm going to roll a composure check really quick. <laughs> See if I throw up. Can I just say that was a really awesome opening scene? Mm-hmm. Hate you so much, Justin. <laughs> Alright, so I made the composure check. Didn't glitch or anything. Cool. So. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, uh, across town, James. Yes. You wake up in a cold sweat in your apartment in the middle of the night. How much of that was real? Where the fuck were you? Why, why did you see everybody who looked like Mr. Gray? And, oh god, you reach and grab your mask on the side of your nightstand while your other, other hand goes to your face, feeling the features of it there. So, hell of a dream for you, too. Yeah. Um, James is gonna get up. Um, he's gonna lay the mask back down on the, uh, on the nightstand, but it's going to go into the bathroom and just kind of splash some cold water on his face. Cool. Okay. And Catherine? <laughs> I think you know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, you wake up screaming. Seeing his face again. Seeing them and what they were. Trying to help those people, but feeling so goddamn helpless. <sighs> you breathe. You relax. You're not there. You're not on that continent. You're not with those people. Cat is um, going to throw something on real quick and go for a run. Okay. Cool. And what part of uh, Seattle does uh, Catherine live in? I haven't determined that yet. Okay, well, low lifestyle or middle lifestyle? Low lifestyle. Ah, uh, let's just say the Barrens. It's a good place. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> Real estate well, prices are super low. Yes, they are. Uh, so, cool. Okay, so you basically go out for a run in the night. Uh, so, yeah. Essentially, these have been nightmares over the last couple of nights. It's been kind of a rough week since the events of Numitor kidnapping you all and or kidnapping your friends and that long long night of rescuing people of facing those uh, that gang of dealing with the aftermath of everything in that time you have each kind of come across a certain manner, measure of peace uh, the money helped um yeah, so for example, uh, Kiko is now currently staying with Mr. Gray. Uh, Freya has like pretty much not let you go anywhere without you letting her know where she, you're going. Fair. Um, 
James, your landlord uh, had a fit, uh, but also said that you know nothing. Up, you know, the apartment didn't burn down, so you did better than the previous occupant of the person who lived in the apartment. You don't quite know what he means. <laughs> Uh, but your door has been repaired. Uh, a little bit better security on it now. Uh, and the window has been replaced with a bulletproof window, which you don't really like. You had to dive through it last time, and it might be harder to dive through bulletproof. <laughs> Take my escape route out. <laughs> so, uh, it has been a week. So if anybody has any, you know, karma training you wanted to do over that time, let me know. Um, but otherwise, it is the first week of April. I needed to do my novel uh, check. Okay. Where the fuck? Where did I leave off? Novel. So I get one. You're uh, five out of thirty for your novel. Yeah, I got that listed here. So, what were we rolling again? Uh, you're rolling. Uh, what is it? Artisan plus intuition, or artisan plus logic? I don't think you actually. I think you actually got a point of that skill, didn't you? Yeah, I can't. Yeah, artisan one. So, but what is that connected to? I want to say willpower. I'm sorry, uh, logic. But I'll double check real fast. Skills, skills, skills. Intuition. Intuition. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that, I mean, that's yeah, what it says. Yeah, I guess. I guess for novel writing, intuition works. Yeah. But if, if I was writing like, a nonfiction, yeah, or, like, textbook a textbook or something, yeah. Logic, yeah. All right. All right, I got two successes. Cool. So, seven of 30. Nice. Getting along on that novel. Yep. Slowly but surely. Every little mm-hmm. every little bit helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything I would like to? Um. Yeah, I would like to spend. I mean, I, I've been getting these dreams like all week, or, or for the past mm-hmm. couple days, right? Yes. So I'm going to spend some time. Uh, I guess every night, or kind of a long-term test, I guess. Mm-hmm. To uh, summon and bind a four six air spirit. Okay. Uh, I don't even you know. Spend any uh, drams on that? Yeah. Uh, I will spend twelve on it. Nice. Okay, so we're doing the whole summon bind thing. Okay, hold on. Since you haven't done binding yet, I haven't looked up the rules for that fully yet. So yeah, it's been a while. I yeah. think we did it once. No, no, you never bind uh, bound a spirit. You've only summoned them. And if anybody listens to old episodes, can prove me wrong. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, uh, takes one hour per force of the spirit and require force times twenty five drams of regions. To be used in the binding. Four times twenty-five, so yep, that's a lot, right? One hundred fifty is a lot. Uh huh. For four six, yep. All right, so I have a hundred and seventy-five drams. 
So now I have 25 drams. Yep. Ugh. So expensive. So worth it. All right. Yeah, so first we got to summon the spirit. Yes. All right. So you spend 12 drams on that to kind of give the, yourself a high rating. Yeah. So let me get this going. Okay. Magic plus summoning. Yep. Sorcery. No conjuration. There we go. Mm -hmm. Limited by force or drams. In this case, your limit is twelve. Because that's how many dice I'm rolling. Wonderful. And before I roll, fuck it. I'm gonna spend edge on this. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, right. So that could have been better. So one, two, three, four, five successes. Okay, it got two successes, so you get three uh, services from it. And I have and... two dice that are exploding, so hold on a second. Oh, even better. Six successes, seven successes. Nice. Eight successes. Very nice. Awesome. So you have six services from it, and you will take a drain equal to uh, four. Oh, this is going to hurt. Is it? No. Four drain? I mean, don't you have at least 12 dice? Yes, I do. Why don't you just auto-success that? But isn't that auto-success oh, only yeah, three? Sorry, right, right, that's right, that's three. Yeah, sorry. My uh, math is wrong. Actually, do I think I might want to do it that way? You know what, fuck it. Just- should I just take the, the hit? How many successes did you get? I got eight successes. Okay. Um. See, I'm not sure if that counts as overcasting or not. Because you got more successes than your magic rating. Mm-hmm. But it got enough successes to lower that equal to your magic rating. Mm, I'm going to say it's just done. Alright, then I'm going to take the hit. I don't want to Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, and then binding. So you spend 150 po- uh, points of drams. So now you get to roll summoning and magic versus the spirit's force times two. Really? Oh yeah, binding is not easy. I'm spending my last last edge on this one too. Okay. In for a penny, in for a pound. That's what I said. Yikes. Hope you did good. Oh, Jesus. So, here's a... Okay. So, here's a thing. Yes. If I spend edge, don't I re-roll the failures? Uh, Only if you spend edge after the fact. So wait, what is, what happens if I spin edge before? You get to add your edge dice to the test. Oh shit! Hold on a second. So how much edge do you have? Two? Two. Then you get to add two extra dice to your test. Okay. So we got six successes, and thank god that exploded. Seven successes. Seven? Yep. Lucky you, we got six. Oh, 
Thank God. So you have bound it. Yay. Oh, damn. <laughs> that, I would have been so pissed if I'd spent all that edge and not got this thing. Yep. <laughs> nice. Do you want to give it a nickname? <laughs> Shut up, Jacob. <laughs> Jacob. Shut up. <laughs> oh, uh, by the way, now here's the part Andrew's not going to like. Oh, God. Now that you've bound it, uh, this takes a number of drain equal to twice the net hits. I'm sorry, twice the hits, not net hits. It got six hits, so uh, Andrew? Six drain? Twelve. Twelve drain? Six times two is twelve. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. What? what is this spirit? He's oh, going to knock himself back into a dream. It's, it's a oh, force. Six air spirits. You're gonna go unconscious. You're gonna knock him back into a dream and take us all with him. Don't do <laughs> no. Yeah. Actually, what even happens from excess stun ma- stun damage? It becomes physical. Uh, for yeah, for every two stun damage you get beyond t- uh whatever your stun max is, uh, it becomes a physical buff. I thought it was one. Ooh. No, it used to be one, but now it's two. Oh. Alright, so I got six successes, so I have now a total of seven drain. Yep, seven stun. Uh, That's fine, you can, you know, kind of, you know, shrug that off. Shrug that off? It's seven stun! Yeah, well, it's not like you're in the middle of combat right now. It's true. I got my angels. I got my angels. Mm hmm. So, cool. So you spent the uh, last six hours taking care of that. Um, James. Yes. Let's call that half a day. So it's early morning. You've had that nightmare again. It's been fitful night. Uh, But dawn is kind of slowly creaking into your window. Mm-hmm. Um... James is actually going to sit down on, like, the the only other piece of furniture that's kind of in his apartment, which is just, like, a couch. couch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's going to pull from, like, the pull from, like, the side of the couch next to him where he's not sitting the books that he uh, got, the spell books, and, like, a very, I wouldn't say decent, but not necessarily crappy, like, English or Spanish to English translation book. (laughs) <laughs> trying to kind of figure out, kind of get an idea of what those books are. Okay. You know, maybe not exactly translate it, but, you know, figure out what he's dealing with. Sure, sure. Uh, go ahead and roll me Spanish language. Uh, and um, since you haven't paid for those books, they're only going to give you a plus one die. Uh, you want better resources and better dice from them? Uh, go pay for them. <laughs> pay for what? Like I'm assuming the resor- the ones you're using to uh, translate the whatever program you're using or whatever. Yeah. Is a free program, so you're only getting plus one die from that. Yeah, I'm not rolling at all then. So. I mean, you could try. I can't. I mean, I don't have the Spanish language, thus I take a negative two for defaulting, and I yeah, only have one. Intuition. Oh, plus intuition? No, it's it, it, it's it's anytime oh. you roll skill, it's skill plus a tribute. 
Okay, so it's intuition, so I've got four plus one. So I roll three. Hmm. All right. Technically, it wouldn't be intuition minus one. Well, it'd be intuition plus the minus one. Minus two. Yeah, minus right. two is two plus one for the whatever app I'm using. Right, so it's intuition minus one is what you're rolling. Yes, which is okay. three. Oh, and I glitched, and I critically glitched. Wow. Um, yeah. You try running the book through a scanning software, and something about the uh, the polymers in the book or, or something, um, but that book manages to catch fire. Whoa. Uh, you try to put it out, you try to stomp it and keep it from burning. One, your apartment down, two, from destroying the book. But unfortunately, your critical glitch is not so good. Um, so, yeah, you lose one of the books. God damn it. Oh, and was what? You know what's on the place <laughs> Should have just trusted Faka the Taco. <laughs> just hired someone to fix those books. Yep, should have paid for Faka the Taco does translating. Should have done it. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Frustrated, he's going to set. Th- uh, kind of set the books aside. Yeah. Okay. You just you got paid like big money New Year, and you can't buy a cheap ass translation software. My character's curious. He <laughs> likes information, except Curiosity. he burnt the book for some reason. Curiosity burned the book, didn't it? Obviously. <laughs> That'll burn you. Oh, and the the scanner you were using is also ruined. Because, you know, it had a burning book inside of it. Ooh. Was that okay. his, his scanner? Uh, yeah, I mean, he picked up a cheap one of his lifestyle. I'll have to buy another one next month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Gartog. Yep. Uh, you smell burning paper suddenly. Uh. Are they burning down that apartment again? A uh, voice muffly comes through your wall next to you, Ente. Sorry about that. It won't happen again. Oh, apparently it does. <laughs> nice. So while uh, Ente was doing that, Gartok, yeah, your new neighbor is, you know... Already starting to get his fire smell coming from his room, mixed in with the you know those sounds that woke you up last week, and not to mention all the screaming he does in the middle of the night. I think I think we're gonna have to talk to our new neighbor. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huh. Are you gonna go do that now, or are you gonna get from? I'm gonna do it now. Now he just tried to burn down the place. Okay, cool. <laughs> so you head out of your apartment and head next door. The uh, you can't help but notice that his door, while you know it being newer, also seems a little bit more security in depth than yours. What? And he's got a better door than me. You should look at the welcome mat that you're standing on. <laughs> so there's a knock at your door, Ante. I thought I said I was sorry. Uh, you're about to be if you don't open his door. Um, James grabs, uh, let me see, it should still be, it's been a week, right? Uh Uh-huh. Never mind, then that's gone. All right. What's that? The enchant. 
I yes, definitely know it did not last a week. Nope. Um, not that good. <laughs> um, so, uh, he's just gonna grab one of his knives, um, mm-hmm. and he's gonna slow, uh, slowly open the door. Okay, you hear the slight hum of the maglock die for a second, uh, Garthog, as, uh, the door kind of slowly opens. Uh, is it still on this chain, Ante? Is it? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, so this kind of, kind of, you know, normal-sized elf guy is opening the door. You only know he's an elf because of the ears sticking out of the side of his mask. Uh, but he has this kind of weird, like, you know, black kind of tribal kind of warrior mask thing going on. Uh, as he opens the door, you also kind of notice he's kind of holding his hand behind his back as if he's hiding something. And does, does James have any, uh, gang identif- uh, identification skill? I don't actually think so. Let's see. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't think history would even begin to cover that. Nope. So, no. Okay. Uh, what does your talk look like? Uh, Gartog is about a, I guess, an average-sized elf. I mean, elf orc. <laughs> uh, you know, got his big tusks coming out the underside of his mouth. He's currently wearing a, a red and black leather dust, you know, jacket, I guess, head to toe, uh, and has a obvious sidearm on him that looks to be an airy silver gun. Yes. Yeah, that's standing at your door right now, James. Great. How can I help you? But what has been your problem ever since you moved in? Nothing but trouble. You you break your you break the place. You know you're screaming in the middle of the night. Now you're trying to set shit on fire. Yeah, as, as the door opened, you definitely caught a bigger whiff of the kind of smoky <laughs> kind of smell of burnt paper and slightly fried electronics. I, yes, sorry about that. Kind of yeah. looking a little uneasy seeing the gun, you know, at his side. This may not be a great part of town, but it's my part of town, and I would suggest that you keep it as nice as you found it. Been trying to. Well, wouldn't you, have had to repair anything if I wouldn't have had a whole bunch of go-gangers come after me. Well, if you got problems with go-gangers, you know, I got people you could talk to about that. Be kind of nice. Grand at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Be kind of nice. The stairs do a little bit, but, I mean, it's only to prepare. That really doesn't help when five of them show up at your door. Yeah, well, from uh, what I know about, uh, you ain't getting back out that window either. No, no, I'm not. Not unless I want a really bad headache and possibly become unconscious. <laughs> yeah, if you got uh, people giving you trouble, well, then, yeah, I got just the people to talk to. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, we could go talk to them now. I'm sure they'd be happy to find them. Just, gi- just give me a couple minutes and I'll be out and ready to go. Oh, yeah. Try to. You might want to meet the door cracked open. Air it out a little bit. 
James kind of closes closes the door only briefly, unchains it, and opens it back up, as okay. kind of inviting him in as he walks back into his bedroom to get decent. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So I'm gonna let you guys kind of you know mingle a second while James is getting ready for his uh, outing, I guess. Cat. Oh boy. So. Uh, you've basically have been jogging since 3 a.m. in the morning. You're back out in front of your apartment. You just can't get those dreams out of your head. It's it's been nice, you know, just letting it escape your mind as you've been just kind of torturing your body a little bit. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, make me a body check. Body t- uh, plus strength. Body plus strength, okay. Yeah, a little bit of an endurance test. I'm good at these. Actually, where is endurance? Uh, is endurance one of those derived stats? Um, body plus strength is oh, what I'm asking. Oh, I'm um, sorry. <laughs> no yeah. problem. Okay, one, two, three, four successes. Yeah, you're fine. No, no uh, physical wounds or sun damage from that. You know, it's tiring, but you're fine. You're used to that type of thing. Okay. Who's to be typing? Sorry. <laughs> so, what does Cat want to do? Hmm. Damn, this is the first time I've done this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we kind of go over them. This is second season, so it's a good time to kind of remind people what exactly free-roaming episodes do. So this is basically a time for you to, you know, let your character do what your character needs to do. Uh, kind of live their life a little bit. You know, is there any contacts you want to reach out to? Is there any type of special training or gear you want to get a hold of? The free-roaming episodes are essentially the way of, you know, saying, okay, I get to stop and breathe for a little bit. Unless, you know, you want to go to something crazy like kidnap a child. <laughs> Whoever would do that? I don't know. I don't know. But it, it, it happened in the first free roaming episode, so... <laughs> Contacts. Um, actually, you know what? Uh, after, after our last mission, I realized that my guns weren't really ideal for taking out uh, those drones because of their armor. And I figure we're going to go with some more armored things. So I actually kind of want to start looking for something with a little more punch and buy armor piercing rounds for all of my weapons. Nice. Probably uh, some kind of some kind of flavor of sniper rifle. Wait, are we talking guns or are we talking, uh, like, ammo? And ammo. Both. Okay. Well, we want to talk to you about that. Mm, I have an arms dealer contact. Okay. What's his name? We'll call him Eddie. Eddie. Okay. Do, 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 do. Cool. What's his rating? Um, connection three. Loyalty. Three. Nice. Okay. Cool. Uh, give me a second. Let me kind of brainstorm fast what Eddie is, unless you have a concept on. What he is besides an arms dealer? Nope. Okay. 
Alright, so you give Eddie a call. Uh, Eddie is a former, um, former Cal Free soldier. He kind of used to work for the UCS military, switched over to Cal Free uh, military uh, during their uh, race for independence, uh, and then quickly got out of town when his hometown of San Francisco got overrun uh, by the Japanese. Um... So since then, he's uh, has a connection to a couple local smugglers and is basically running a small, you know, gun operations out of the uh, eastern side of downtown in a uh, back room of shop. Okay. Okay. Gat, huh, what can I do for you? Eddie, I'm looking for something a little with a little more punch. Today. Well, well, how big of a punch are we talking about? Are we talking about the type of punch you know you place into somebody a couple miles away, or the type of punch you put into a ship? Um, kind of punch that will reach out and touch something with a steel plate, guarding it. Mm-hmm. So you want to take down vehicles at long range, eh? Mm-hmm. Nothing too big. Sure, sure. Uh, how about you come on down, uh... I think I might just have something for you. It's got some uh, interesting uh, toys in mind. All right. I'll head right down there. Cool. See you in a bit. Click. Okay. Awesome. So you head on down to uh, Eddie's? Yep. Probably should look these sniper rifles up before the game. Probably. Okay. Okay. So you head down to the east side of downtown to the kind of weird front store Eddie has called the Easy Pants Store. The Easy Pants? It's the Easy Pants. Okay. It I, apparently I, I, was his girlfriend at the time's idea to open a kind of semi-cheap place to pick up mass-produced clothing products. Is it also spelled with an E and a Z? No, he refused to do that. Okay. <laughs> he absolutely refused to do that. It actually is spelled E Z E A Z Y. Okay. That's why. Damn it, you made me miss say that. <laughs> um, however, because he does not care about the place whatsoever, uh, it is almost always empty. Uh, his arms dealership pretty much covers the entire uh, expense of the place. So, as you come in, it's a little surprise when you see, you know, a uh, pair of older uh, elves, like, kind of weird to see older elves. They must have been, uh, well, humans at some point to be that old looking as an elf. Uh, actually rifling their pants. Hmm. So this is some kind and of yes, some kind of weird half. All the store sells is just pants. Oh, I see. Okay. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to walk up to the counter. Okay. So, nobody's there. <laughs> There's a bell, though. Ding. What? It's cat. Oh. Come run back. Okay. Okay. So, you slip uh, to the side of the counter and head to the back of the room. Uh, you see Eddie kind of sitting there, uh, fiddling at a workbench. Uh, he's sitting there greasing out the kind of 
different parts of a handgun he looks like he has disassembled. Uh, if you want to roll firearms or firearms knowledge, see what that is, you can. Do I? But you don't really have to. <laughs> yes, I do. I'm going to roll it anyway. This is okay. uh, logic. All knowledge is attached to logic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So this would be six dice. One success. Uh, you kind of can't get, really get a good grasp on that. It looks like it might be some type of Ares pistol, but it looks like it's been modified, and you can't really see exactly what it is because of that. Okay. What can I do for you, Cat? Um, looking for an anti-material rifle. Hmm. Something not too big, but small enough to uh, conceal. In well, you're talking about a rifle and concealment. Those aren't exactly the compatible terms. I see what you're saying. Now, are we talking, you know, like rifle as in you know, rifle rifle, or are we talking the type of rifle that you're shooting at things you can't see? Uh, let's go with the former. Okay, well, we got a couple of options for you. Uh, he gets up leaving the uh, half-finished gun there. Let's see. He kind of heads into a side room, uh, looks at a few crates here and there. Uh, inside the crate, you see there's a large, large volume of AK-97s. Like, that's pretty much what he has surplus of. Who uh, would guess that, you know, the AK being such an easily built weapon would have so many here. Yeah. But he ignores those. Uh, he starts looking back and forth at the different assault rifles until he comes across one that looks really, really shiny. Uh, he pulls it out of a box that has Fushi uh, stamping on it. Uh, and in fact, as he opens it, you see what you recognize as a Yamaha Raiden inside of there. A uh, lovely, sleek-looking gun. Uh, it's also stamped here and there with uh, the Fushi logo. Oh, boy. Yeah, this might have fallen off truck. Hmm. Now, this one's particularly special because, well, not only is it a absolutely beautiful gun, but see, it's built for something special Fushi was working on. He kind of smiles as he uh, moves some of the uh, kind of packing peanuts that are inside of there really? uh, and pulls out another box. He opens it up, and you see a set of uh, chips, uh, optical chips in there. Now, these work only with the uh, the Raiden, he says, uh, as he pulls them out and slots them into the back of the uh, guns, uh, kind of, uh, well, I'm forgetting the name of it, stock. <laughs> the Yamaha Raiden? Yeah, he kind of uh, pulls out. These particular ones were made for Fushi because, well, they also don't like things that are protected by metal blocks. And he kind of uh, hits a button to power the gun on. Here, connect this to your pen, he says. All right, I do so. Okay. Uh, as you do, the kind of uh, pop-up window loads up of the uh, Raiden status, uh, listing its you know clip size, currently empty, uh, its status, its heat, its need for repairs, maintenance, all that stuff. Uh, but then you notice at the bottom, uh, Autosoft kind of information loading up on it. Uh, so they have this program he sees going on as you're looking at the thing called uh, Titan. 
Titan. Uh, it's designed to basically kill Titans, is the way it's description. I don't know. It's a stupid translation thing. I don't really know. Basically, from what I understand, this thing is going to be kind of nuts on anything that's uh, heavily armored. Exactly what I'm looking for, Eddie. Cool. And I can get this for you. For, I can sell this one for you for, oh, mm, 75. 75? Hey, it's prototype program, man. Hmm. You want to negotiate? I'm not very good at bartering. Yeah, but you have charisma skill, so I'm talking out of character right now. Um... Do you have a negotiation skill? No, unfortunately. Well, you could try to, uh, you know, just open skill it. If you have any charisma dice. Uh, yeah, I can roll four. That works. Okay. It's minus two. Your charisma minus two, so remember that. Okay, so just two dice. Actually, do I have a quality that drops it at all, I wonder? Uh, no. Okay. Probably not. Okay. How'd you do? No successes. Yeah, he doesn't budge. He's like, no, man, this is a prototype model. It's clean. It's beautiful. Come on. You know you want to buy it as is. Tell you what. I'll even throw in a free clip of uh, ammo. What's it say? All right. Uh, You talked me into it. Wonderful. Alright, just transfer to you and the box is yours. Mm-hmm. We'll transfer that. Cool. Awesome. Uh so yeah, this is basically a plain Yamaha rapier for the most part. Uh it is stamped with uh Fusi signatures and all that, so you may want to get somebody to remove those off. Just, you know, maybe might be a good idea. Uh however the only sets that are different while it's running the autosoft in it, uh instead of having minus two AP, it actually has minus four AP against uh Vehicles, drones, that type of thing. Or, you know, objects. Oh, that is so cool. Uh, basically, the Autosoft uh, kind of adjusts your aim in such a way from what the gun can detect as weaknesses in the uh, whatever it's aiming at, uh, up until long range. Anything at extreme range, you don't get that bonus. Oh, man, that, that, is, that is pretty good. Long range is still pretty good for assault rifles. I didn't know that you could uh, even put those in the guns like that. Nah, I decided to modify things. Okay. Just to be fun. <laughs> hey, as a game master, I get to break, uh, make my own rules. It was 7,000? 7,500. 7, okay. 7,500. Um, what else I was, was going to say about that? Um, keep in mind, the gun will have to stay in wireless mode in order for that to work. Okay. So if you cut, kill wireless for any reason, uh, yeah, that autosoft doesn't work. All right. Cool. And uh, you just have to remind me of uh, of that gun when you're shooting at things. Because I'm probably not going to remember that you have that. Okay. Cool. And what else I got on my to-do list? Oh, yeah. Well, 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 think about that while, uh, while uh, I go ahead and head back to uh, Andrew. Well, I'm here. I just want to buy some uh, armored piercing rounds. Okay, I can have that request before we go to Andrew. Because you just bought an awesome gun for him, he will sell you 
armed APDS rounds for assault rifles uh, at cost up to 100 rounds. Up to 100 rounds. Okay, I'll buy the full thing. Okay. Then he takes you 1,200. Okay. And again, that's a, a assault rifle ammo, so... That's a clip and a half for your uh, your writing. <laughs> ah, what the hell? He's gonna toss in the the remaining to give two full clips of that. Cool, Andrew. Same what? What's you up to? Uh, well, after almost having an aneurysm, summoning that <laughs> spirit, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to uh, give Eve a call. Okay. Alright, Eve's next rating is 4, right? Uh, Eve. Yes, contact 4. Okay, let me see if you can get in touch with her. I always gotta keep looking at that, how, uh, you know, reaching out to contact other people things. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, just like, it's one of those things, like, can't remember how that works. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, da, da, da. Using contact. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Top master, okay. Okay. So 2d6, gotta get above. Connection rating. Yeah, she's available. Okay, so you call Eve. Uh, she looks kind of harried a little bit. She looks a little tired. Not like tired, stressed tired, but tired as in like having done a lot of work tired. Yep. Uh, the image you see behind her is kind of a, kind of a, like, well, actually it looks a little bit like a building site. And you actually hear the sounds of, uh, hammered, hammering and power tools. Yeah, what's up, Gray? She says. Oh, Eve, you look busy. I hope I'm not in, uh, intruding on your time. No, 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 I, I got time. What's up? I was wondering if you had an opportunity to uh, get my vehicle over to uh, a shop to get repaired. Yeah, I've got a guy looking at it right now. He's a, well, he's not really used to handling that big of a rig, but... Uh, sure. Yeah, he's taking care of it. He's ordering a few parts. I don't have a price estimate for you yet um, for how much the total repairs are going to cost, but... Sure. Yeah, he's taking a look at that and uh, getting it ready. Um... And he he did want to know, did you want any amenities in there? Uh, you know, kind of the stuff you put in like an RV or whatever. Um, yeah, I intend to uh, use it as a home. Oh, awesome! Yeah, no problem. I'll let him know that then. Uh, just to kind of upgrade that after he's done repairing. Sure. And uh, of course, I will need a place to park it. So if you can hook me up with a long-term parking situation, of course, I would uh, provide you with a percentage she of that kinda... finance fee. She kind of looks back at uh at the place and she's like, "Yeah, I'll um I'll have to find you a place um, but I may have something special in mind in a, in a few weeks, so we'll talk about it then." All right. But uh, I can find you a temporary spot for now. All right. Well, as always, just send me the bill. How are you holding up? It's been a hell of a week. Um, Alan basically has had the uh his, his gang on pretty much high alert for past couple of days. I think only now they're starting to kind of relax. Um, they released those uh, those three guys um, back to a home. They 
basically stuffed him inside of a crate and put him inside of a smuggler's compartment. All right. So that's that. Um, outside of that, I you know I've been trying to keep tabs on our um, mutual friend. She says, well, kind of grudgingly. Sure. Uh, and he hasn't made a peep this last week. I hope you know or assume that if his name comes up, that I should be at least the second call you make. Certainly, certainly. But she kind of says, looking at you, a little bit of softness in her eyes. Keep in mind, Gray, and I know you take it personal, but what he did was business. There's business. Nasty business, but our business. Yes. There's business, and then there are games with business. He took it too far. You got nuts. Okay. I hope you know what you're doing. I never do, but it always works out. She kind of chuckles at that. <laughs> okay. Well, we got to get back to work here, but uh, I'll be letting you know. Thank you, Eve. Right. Um. Then I'm going to. Going to have a heart to heart with Freya. Nice. Okay. Just give myself a marking down notes for your guy. Okay. Cool. All right. So. Um. Yeah. Freya has basically been. I guess he kind of considers himself living in your apartment now, almost. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, at least she hasn't moved. She hasn't left since. Well, she's left, but to pick out some stuff to wear and to you know drop her clothes off at a laundromat. So outside of that, she's pretty much been spending all of her time with you, worried sick. <laughs> God damn it! Stop eating all my food. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm I'm just going to sit down with her for a little bit. And I'm going to... I'm assuming she's aware that I'm having nightmares. Yeah. Um, I am... Now that's part of the reason why you guys end up falling asleep on the couch last night watching Trids. Yeah. Because you couldn't sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to um, kind of sit with her and kind of explain the dream. Um, mm-hmm. I will try to edge around the the baby part. Ah, <laughs> uh, cause I'm not that smooth. All right. Okay. Uh, so, Fred, do you have any idea what any of that might mean? I'm not sure. I mean, what it sounds like from everybody you describe in the dream who shouldn't be in the dream outside of Numitor and that Naga, it sounds like every person in that dream is somebody in the last couple of weeks you've touched their mind but why would I why would I have a dream about them I thought is that how magic works well I mean she kind of put your hand uh, on your leg yes you had a very traumatic experience I mean you know it sounds like you're in a way kind of I mean uh, she kind of uh, struggles for the word. It's like you're going through what happened before. And 
your body's your essence is reacting to that. So, how do I get it to stop? Well, I mean, there's a few things in your dream that kind of pique my interest. Uh, I mean, for one, that that power foci you keep talking about, uh, I mean, uh, to me that seems very obvious. That's a that spider fang you have. Yeah. But beyond that, I mean, there's the fact that you call on, um, I forget the name of your Merlin Hawk. <laughs> Oya. And the fact that you call on Oya, but you describe it as if you're calling on yourself, that, that sounds like you're calling on an ally spirit. You know? And, I mean, I know we've talked about your tradition before, and we've talked about your past, but I don't know if you've ever talked about what that means to you and your tradition. An ally spirit? Sure, it's... You know, I've heard some of the... It was many years ago, but some of the elders talked about it. Um, There are... Spirits of everything, the rivers, the the ground you walk on, uh, even, you know, the couch we're sitting on, even though it's very, very weak, uh, can't really call upon it. Um, <laughs> she kind of chuckles at that. I don't know about the couch spirit too much. I don't know. I hear it's very comfortable. <laughs> but an ally spirit, they... They said that it was a mark or a kind of a rite of passage for some of the shaman. And I never, I never understood what they meant by that. She kind of nods and just kind of fiddles with uh, some of her jewelry and just kind of says, well, I mean, Shane, you're powerful, you know, you're, you're not, you know, a, a fly-by-night, you know, magic user. I mean, but with everything you've gone through, your magical teaching outside of what we've done together has kind of been, you know, retarded a bit. You know, it hasn't been as strong as it could be. I mean, before... That, she kind of says, not wanting to say uh, about what happened to your tribe. Before that happened, you know, what were you doing in terms of your study, in terms of practicing, in terms of improving what you know? It's a long time ago. It's another life. But there were, there was regular teaching. Mostly happened at dusk after working in the village all day. Um, they'd gather us uh, and tell us stories. And tell us stories until we ourselves could recite them back. 
be kind of odd. Well, maybe it's time to relook at those stories. Maybe it's time that you reach in to your people's past and find out what it really means to be in in their eyes to be a shaman, to reach out to Spider. She says, you do know she's a little uncomfortable when she says Spider. It's Grandfather Spider. You shouldn't be afraid of him. I know, but uh, one interactions I've had with Totems has been limited, and I've well, outside of you, I've never really had too great of reactions of people related to spiders. Well, hopefully they'll change with our continued uh, relationship. I All right, with Kiko as well, too, huh? Well, yeah. She can get her head out of that decking stuff. Well, don't be too hard on her for that. I mean... It's it's good to respect tradition and to respect, you know, magic, but trust me, in this world and in what we do, somebody who has the capacity to do both, well, that's dangerously powerful. Oh, if you insist, I won't dissuade her from it. It's her calling. Whatever she chooses. I mean, you can always have her respect your traditions. Uh, that that always is important to you, and you know that makes it important to me. Just you know, don't dissuade her from doing what she loves. Sure. So, with that, you guys kind of continue to chatter yep. back and forth. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Unless you want to jump over to someone really quick, mm-hmm. I wanted to contact Edusarthe. And get some more fucking drams. Okay, uh, we can do a quick roll, roll with that one. We don't need to do okay. a full role play out. Um, sure. Let me kind of decide real fast how well drams are doing. Uh, the more hits I get, the uh, less it's going to cost you. Awesome sauce. I like cheap things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're starting at 200% of current price. God damn it. Every hit is uh, 50% less. Well, lucky you. I get three hits. Yes! So currently, drams are really easy to get a hold of. Uh, they cost half as much. Uh, she pretty much has can get you as much as 500 drams. And how much is one? Mm, let's see here. Uh, drams are 20 piece. Alright. So let me do a quick... And that's various stuff. Powders, chemicals, candles, that okay. type of thing. Cool. Alright, so while you're doing that, um... And hey, Midas. Yes. So, yeah, um... How is Gartok getting, uh, James there? Um, they can walk. We're assuming Gartok probably didn't live that far away from... No, he lives on his turf. Yeah. So cool. Can walk. Okay. So yeah, uh, Andy, as you follow the uh, the uh, interesting orc gentleman, um, he starts kind of you know chatting with you as you're walking down your street, which 
this is really probably the first time you've had a good chance to look at it outside of speeding past it on your bike. You know, they kind of boarded up housing, the brush streets here and there. And as you're seeing people out and about this early in the morning, you realize the population, uh, it's a lot of orcs here. A lot of orcs here. And roll me a perception check. That would be eight dice. Starting to remember the actual number without ever having to look, which is great. Mm -hmm. That would be one, two, three, three successes. Okay, about every three out of five orcs you pass, uh, you realize has the colors gold and red on them. Um, like maybe you know, might be a bandana, might be uh, you know, the something on the shirt they're wearing. Uh, they might have something tied around their wrist, but somewhere on them, every three out of five, you see, you see that you know, red and gold colors. Uh, in fact, you start noticing uh, here and there um, spray paint on objects or augmented reality objects here and there, uh, logos for what's called the Crimson Crush. All right. Yeah, so what, do you, what kind of protection are you looking for? Are you looking for something just in the house, you know, just kind of keeping an eye on your place? You're looking for something more, you know, long-term, you know, short-term, maybe something more personal where they're watching you everywhere you go. Uh, what, are you, what are you thinking about? Thinking kind of long-term, more or less just kind of watching around the building. Nothing, don't need 24-7 guard, just enough to know if somebody's headed my direction. Ah, so you, so you want like a lookout type, well, you know, little heads up, but you're not looking for bodyguard. I got you. Nope, not really. I think if I've got enough time on my hands, I make a clean getaway. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, well, I wouldn't call the getaway you made last time clean, but yeah, you know. Like... There might have been some windows involved. Yeah, I saw that when I got home. <laughs> nice. So you guys can eventually travel down uh, until you eventually reach this kind of uh, five-story building. Um, you could tell that the first floor used to be kind of a, a restaurant of some type, uh, but it's definitely not active anymore. Instead, inside you see about eight or nine uh, orcs kind of chattering, lounging about. A few of them are actually look like they're asleep still. Um... You know, and these are definitely not like the rest of the people you've been passing on the street. Like, most of the people you've been passing on the street might have been, you know, related family members or associated members. These guys look like they're look, uh, ready for trouble. Uh, they're all kind of beefy, muscular out. You know, some actually have, like, healing wounds on their faces and arms. Uh, all of them are carrying at least a knife. A couple of them are packing heat here and there. Uh, and does that guy have an assault rifle on his back? Uh, that's... What have I gotten myself into? Oh, no, that's that's Elf Crusher. It's just a name. 
uh, over there, that's uh, that's Skag, and you got the Punisher over there, uh, Cyclops, uh, Tusk, uh, obviously the one with one tusk, you see him right there. Uh, looks like uh, Ajax, Windex, and Clorox are off doing their cleaning. Uh, that's Smash sleeping over there in the corner, uh, his brother Bash right there as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, well, I don't see Roadkill here, but he's the one you're going to want to talk to, but he may just be in the back row upstairs. I have to write down all these names. <laughs> Simulus Midas. I did, I made a list. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, that's pretty great. <laughs> he did this for his mafia context, too, so. <laughs> it's a thing, apparently. My favorite so far Windex and Clorox. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. AJ, Kojax, and Windex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I call that one too. I think I missed the name or two in there, but it works. Uh, in fact, Midas, go ahead and give yourself an extra point of edge <laughs> for that. Because that amused me so. Hey, hey, uh, Crusher, uh, Roadkill here? Got a client. Mm, oh. Yeah, yeah, he's upstairs, uh, Gardok. Who's the, uh, the Halloween guy? Uh, didn't get a name, but the new yin seems good. I figure that's all that matters. Yeah, it is. <laughs> he kind of chuckles and kind of uh, steps away from the door he was kind of, uh, kind of standing in front of uh, and unlocks it. Head on in. Head and bring him through. Okay. Uh, as you guys head in, uh, <laughs> gather your room freaking what names. Skag and Punisher <laughs> uh, get up and uh, follow behind you. Just guess. Oh, yeah. Gonna die. Gonna mm-hmm. die. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as the four of you kind of step through, uh, Elf Crusher closes the door uh, back there, uh, and Gartok starts leading you deeper into the uh, into the building. It's uh, not exactly well lit here. Uh, the electrical has been having problems after all the last couple of months. Uh, but you know, there's piles here and there of different stuff. Um, you see a crate of uh, Starfish Shack kind of uh, food items. Like, the box is literally labeled food items. Um, a couple of different things that look like they've been lifted directly off the back of a truck. Like, as in they literally went, lifted up the back of a truck, and emptied out the contents and then took what they could. Because, you know, they're a gang of orcs. They do that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at least you know uh, where you can get food now, in case it's needed. <laughs> yes. So eventually, Gartok, you can lead him into uh, check and see if Roadkill is there, basically. Yeah. And I assume Roadkill was the gang leader. <laughs> well, I think he'd probably just be second in command. Okay, who's the leader of the Crimson Crush at this time, then? I don't. For you. That's what I've been trying to look. I don't think it listed. I, I couldn't find anywhere in the books where it said. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if it's listed in any extra materials. So if anybody out there knows who the Crimson Crush leader is in the 2050s, let me know. Otherwise, eh, well, let's make somebody up. But for now, you're looking for Roadkill. Which, you find him. He's sitting in kind of what looks like a... Well, basically you step into an apartment uh, with which does not have a door. Uh, and he's sitting there on a really beaten up couch. Uh, probably beaten up from the number of times he's jumped on it. Uh, sitting there watching a uh, trip screen on the wall. The little 3D hologram images showing back and forth. 
of watching... Huh. That appears to be a soap opera. He quickly changes it off as you come in. What? He says. Uh, he kind of looks at the dread screen briefly, but then decides not to say anything. <laughs> what? I was watching music, he said, as he flips it over to a uh, music station and uh, Maria Mericula starts blasting in the apartment. Yeah, you totally weren't watching the housewives who pull up your bell rings. I got a client. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, what? <laughs> who, this guy? Yeah. It's a creepy mask, man. It's a personal thing. Alright, alright. I respect that. So, uh, what you looking for, you know? What can the what can the crush do for you? You need somebody taken care of, you know? You're looking for a little protection where you live. You nearby, you know? You live in the neighborhood? Yeah, James points kind of down the direction, you know, where the apartment is and gives... Yeah, I can't see through walls, dude. Well, no, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he just says, he starts voicing, I can't see the walls, dude. He lives next door to me. You live in that shitty place with rat? <sighs> yeah, well, okay, fine. Wait, is he the guy from the other week? The one that took out the window? Yeah, that guy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, my guy saw that happen. How was that, like, eight or nine dudes freaking roll up into your house? By the time we got there, though, you had already bolted. They were already bolting after you. Yeah, the window was the best option. <laughs> I guess. So, is that why you need help, then? Protect you from, uh, from uh, whoever the f- those fuckers were? What was it? Was it Las Veras? Los Revenos. Los Revenos? Okay. I was trying to remember the name. Um, it... Yeah, no. More or less, we took care of most of them. I don't think I'll be seeing them around, but more or less looking for somebody to give me a heads up in case any more of them or even different people decide to show up looking for me. Oh, oh you're looking for a lookout. Yeah, 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 we can do that. We can do that. Uh, you look, don't look like exactly money bags to me, but... I'm thinking. Kind of gets a glint in his eyes. He's looking you over. You're a runner, aren't you? I see you, very intelligent man. <laughs> he kind of chuckles at that. Because <laughs> you're a guard type, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't try to butter me up, small fry. He says. You're uh, you're not my taste. But that's. Uh, yeah, we could do that. Uh, at this point, he kind of uh, negotiates a price with you, uh, which you're paying middle lifestyle, right? Yes. Yeah, that's fine. Then basically, it's going to count as part of your middle lifestyle. Okay. Uh, so basically, he's offering security services for you in terms of you know giving you announcements of when things are coming, that type of thing. Okay. And if we were using advanced lifestyle rules, your lifestyle would have gone up cost in one point. But that's not after fifth edition yet. Okay. So cool. All right. So anything else you want to do with Roadkill? Ah, uh, not me personally. Hmm. Gertrude, how you doing, by the way, man? Not bad. Uh, tried to burn the place down again. 
Well, we can't offer you protection against yourself, man. I mean, if you're going to fuck up, you're going to fuck up. Not looking for protection against myself. <laughs> You'd be surprised how often people need that. I mean, there's this old lady who lives about two blocks over. Yeah, it turns out she's a freaking werewolf. Oh, what? You mean old lady Gunderson? That's right. Dude, I've seen her transform to a wolf and back again. It is weird. But, you know, it, it explains the way she acts. Well, yeah, she was always a crazy old bat, but a wolf? No, wolf. Yeah, well, you know. I guess that makes her a crazy old wolf. <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying, so, you know, she basically says, you know, when she's in that, like, kind of freaky mindset, she says, you know, for us to lock her up and, you know, keep her away from the kiddos or something like that. Which is weird because no kids go over that way. Well, I wouldn't either. But I guess as long as she's not eating her own. All right, right, right. Well, I mean, that's the thing, man. I, I, was, I, I would assume that, you know, she's turned into a wolf. That she'd be like, you know, big werewolf, you know, big, 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 you know, giant figure. No, she just turns into a little wolf. Like, just, just a wolf. It's weird. That's not that scary. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. It's weird. She is old, though. Mm hmm. So the two of you kind of gab for a bit. Uh, is there anything you need to do with him, uh, Gartog? Uh, unless he had something for Gartog to do. No, not right now. Uh, just uh, let me know when you start going on the to pick up the rounds. I can get that accounting done. Sure, sure, sure. We're uh, we're heading out there a little later tonight. Uh, some freaking uh, Windex is off getting uh some fuel for the bikes. Yeah, I didn't see them in. Yeah, I mean we don't really need them. I mean we're walking and shit, but you know. Sometimes it's better just to have those as a backup. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'll probably just uh, go to the scum pit. Maybe take this one with me. <laughs> have one on me then, man. Will do. I mean, I don't literally have one on me. You don't fucking put anything on my tab unless I'm there. Oh. Damn it. Let's <laughs> <laughs> try right. I knew you were going to say that. Cool. All right. So the two of you kind of hang out until eventually, you know, if you try to go to the skunk pit and Fente goes if you're not, we'll see. Uh, but uh, in the meanwhile, oh, sorry. Uh, in the meanwhile, cat. Uh, so you've got your shiny new toy. Yay. You've also got your two boxes of shiny new, uh, you know, armor-piercing ammo. Yay. What do you want to go do? Um, actually, next on my to-do list, look for a better apartment. Oh, okay. It's very familiar to the last episode we did. <laughs> so how do you want to look for an apartment? You want to reach out to a contact? You want to look in the uh, uh, you know, advertisements online? I don't think my, my street doc is a good contact for apartments, so I guess let's just look online. Or Okay. Or? I don't know. See if uh, I can find somebody who knows something. Maybe. Okay. Uh, I forget. Does Catherine? She she's a recent mo move here, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um. Well, go ahead and give me a data search online. See if you can find a nice place. What type of lights are you looking for? Low, medium, light, uh, high? Uh, right now I got a low, so medium. 
Okay. Actually, what kind of life life does uh, does Justin A's character have? That would be medium. Yeah. Medium. Sante. Yeah. You're gonna throw off all the listeners. Okay. Just Sante. Sante. <laughs> yeah. Low. Uh, no, sorry, medium. You have revealed sorry. that Entei's real name is another Justin. No. My is also a Justin. Ha <laughs> ha. No, why did we them? You've now informed them that there's a triplet power going on here. If we have Justin A, C, and D in the call, what happened to B? <laughs> we killed him. Killed <laughs> <laughs> If you didn't expect that answer, you don't know as well enough. He tried to rat us out to the star. Get <laughs> okay. You don't write up friends. So I'm gonna go looking for a medium lifestyle apartment. Nice. Go ahead and roll me a data check. You're gonna end up uh, data search. Okay. I do Which have. I think it's now rolled into just the computer skill. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Computer. Great. I don't even have that. <laughs> you don't have the computer. Wait. You don't have any computer skill whatsoever. I took electronics. Oh, well, that's got... Electronic okay. school has computer okay. in it. Then, yes, cool. I do have it. It's uh, attached to logic or intelligence? I assume logic. Logic. So, okay. logic. There's no intelligence in Shadowrun. Right. Not since third edition. Oh, sorry. I, I, I abbreviated... Um, intuition. In, intui- intuition as <laughs> I-N-T. I'm too used to playing <laughs> D&D. Everything else Everything is yeah. I-N-T as intelligence. Yeah. Okay. And one dice fell off. One success plus one success. So one success in total. Uh, okay, so yeah, you're looking. You can find a few uh, apartments. Um, there's some available in downtown. Uh, although based on the neighborhood, uh, it sounds like they're going to be a little bit pricier than just a normal middle lifestyle. My real priority is security here. Uh, okay. Um. And then in that case, you haven't really found anything that really piques your interest. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Security at middle lifestyle depends upon the gangs or the crime in the. <laughs> or if you can get like you know inside of a gated community. Oh uh, yeah, for medium. Maybe maybe, maybe we've got our next run. I'll like ask to live with the orcs. Sounds great. <laughs> I'm sure they'll love you. Especially Elf Crusher. <laughs> I feel like he's gonna crush me for some reason, but I don't know why. Mm, it's just a name. I know. <laughs> it's just a name. <laughs> it's racial profiling. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I mean, granted, pretty much all the Crimson Crush don't like humans, but <laughs> yeah, sure you're not here, so it's okay. <laughs> Cool. Okay, so yeah, you don't really have much luck finding your apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else you need to do? Uh, well, because I got kind of, I, t- I kind of took a bullet one in one of the last games. Uh, <laughs> I think Cat is going to take that as a sign that she should probably work on her uh, gymnastic skills. Cool. Well, you guys have had a, pa- a week to kind of do stuff, so um, you just looking to raise your gymnastics? Yes. Alrighty. So, what's your current rating? My current rating. Uh, sheet three. Three. Okay. So, rating four. Not pretty easy. So, uh, what is it? New rating times two for karma. 
So you'd have to have actually, actually wait. My my gymnastics is adjusted by being an adept. Oh. Um, so it's actually five. Oh That's wait, no, 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 no. You go by your base skill. I go off the base skill. Okay. Yeah, so it's a three right now. Yep. Uh, yeah. So it would cost you eight karma to raise it up. Uh, which I think you only have seven, right? Unfortunately. Yeah, you're still not quite there to to raise up that skill yet. Yeah. But you basically start practicing. Uh, so basically next time you get an opponent karma, you can automatically raise it. Okay. So season two starts off a little simple. A little bit of free roaming, a little bit of introduction, and an awful nightmare plaguing our players. Who's this weird Naga? And... What type of advice is Freya talking about with Grey finding himself? I guess we'll have to find out. We've got another free roaming session coming up and then something special coming up in, oh, just about two weeks. In the meanwhile, stay tuned till Thursday. Another special thing coming down the pipe that you might just have a little bit of a clue about. I think you do. Until then, bye. This work is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported License. That means you can share it, you can cut it up, but you have to add a label for all the bits within, including the licenses from the following artist. This week, we're following the artist Mar Russin with the album Electro Blues Rebel Volume 1. The intro music is Digital Revenge, and the outro is Saving the Princess. The album is available from Magnatune.com. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Mm-hmm.